you and uh, Jan have been friends throughout the whole piece, all of these years, from the from the beach days, and of course you were good friends with uh, with the Beach Boys, Brian Wilson, Mike Love, and, and these people. And you, it seems to me, looking at the records, you were on each other's sessions at times, Dean. Yeah, uh, despite what the uh, companies uh, preferred, we would sing on each other's records, and the companies would always get involved with one another going, you know, they're never to sing on one of your record, one of the records that you release and vice versa. And we just keep denying it. We didn't sing on that. And then everybody sounded alike, you know, kind yes. of. So we just said, that wasn't us. And then they would tell their, their company the same thing. No, that wasn't them on, on our recording. That wasn't us on their recording. They just never knew. And what are they going to do? They'd send down spies and then we would cancel the session and come back. Well, send down spies, you know, record company spies, you know, they want to go home at four o'clock anyway. So all you had to do is do anything after four o'clock in the afternoon and they were sleep someplace anyhow. Maybe what you're describing to me is something that was so loose and so much fun and none of you took it that serious that when it all happened and, uh, you know, a thing like Surf City goes to the top of the charts, becomes number one, not, not a lot of artists get number one songs. Was there any point where you said to yourself, my God, this is a business now? I, well, I don't think... I think Jan always did, but you know he let me he let me view it the way I wanted to view it. I had my point of view. Uh, but I remember our manager getting real angry, especially at me in, in an interview. I was in an interview, and somebody said something about a career or something. I said, "Oh no, we just do this for kicks. You know, it's just kind of a hobby." You don't ever say this is a hobby. This is a serious business. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm sorry. And I really realized maybe this was starting to get serious. <laughs> And that other people's livelihoods started to depend on it, and that's when it becomes serious. As kids screwing around, you know, with a tape recorder, big deal. But now you got record company presidents, you got managers, you got agents, and everybody's getting a little piece mm -hmm. of the pie. You know, they want to make sure your pie is big enough. You know. But, but you have another calling too. Are you not an illustrator? You work with graphic arts. Well, I have, yeah. I yeah, I guess I did that for uh, like 12 years. So it gives you a different view of things, doesn't it? I mean, if you have another vocation. Well, yeah. Jan, Jan went through UCLA during all the whole time that we were recording. He was pre-med at UCLA. It's not an easy school to get through. No. He uh, was in his fourth, about fourth semester of med school when he had the accident. Um, I was in the School of Architecture at USC, although my degree was in advertising, advertising design, you know, related packaging stuff. And so when he had had his accident, I could pretty well tell. I mean, this is it. It's, you know, for all intents and purposes, it's over for a while. I could see, if not forever. And I had a degree. I thought, well, it's time to, uh, you know, it's time to move on to the next uh, the next level. So heartwarming story, you two guys. Uh, watching the CBS movie, Dead Man's Curve. How did you feel about that first? Oh, I liked it. I thought it showed the uh, courage of uh, of uh, human beings. And the man personifies it when he steps out on stage with you. But there's something to be said for Dean Torrance, too. You've stood by your friend. A lot of people don't. And you still have, there's something inside you that supports him and he supports you. Probably the money. No, no, come on. Don't, don't, don't say that. That's not No, it's kind of fun, too. But it's, it's, you know, it's economically, you know, it's, there is a lot of money to be made. Music, even performing, you know, you have hit records, too. But so it's a little bit, it's a combination of things. So no one thing by itself would make it worthwhile, you know, to stick in it. Yeah, we all get along. We always, the band members have been with us. Each guy averages at least 
five years with us now, five or six. But you tried to get together after that accident. It didn't work. And after the movie, all of a sudden, Jan and Dean are out there again because I think there was a, a, a swell of sentiment from the American public, the Canadian public, wherever that was shown, in these two countries that were shown at the same time, uh, for the bravery and courage of this man. Well, yeah, and the music's okay. You know, I mean, the music certainly is, is fun music. On top of that, there's a lot of elements that, that work, uh, you know, in that movie. You know, certainly people like to pull for somebody, and he does get up there and he does make it work. Um, it was actually Mike Love. I got Mike into the movie. Matter of fact, I asked all of each twice if they wanted to be in it, and most of them were busy. And um, Dennis said, if you know, if I gave him a couple hundred thousand, he'd do it. Sure, Dennis, <laughs> I'll owe it to you. And Mike and Bruce ended up being it. Bruce is an old high school buddy of ours. We introduced Bruce to the Beach Boys. Bruce right? Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. So Bruce and Mike were in the film and had little speaking parts. Um, and then soon after it first aired. Uh, the Beach Boys were out someplace uh, in the south, as Mike tells it, and Mike was uh, out jogging on a beach. And two little, about 14-year-old boys came running up to him, little blonde surfer kids, and they're kind of running alongside of him. And he goes, hey, they recognize me. And I said, you're Mike Love of the Beach Boys, right? He says, yeah. I said, do you know Jan and Dean? He went, how do you know those guys? I know why you're only 14. You weren't even born when they were around. I said, well, we saw the movie, and you were in it, you know, and we'd love to see them perform again. And he went right back. Mike's a real promoter yeah. type, you oh, know. Yeah, I know. Very aggressive. He goes right back to the phone and calls me up and says, why don't you join us on our next little tour? It was leaving in about a couple of weeks. And so we chartered a jet and stuff, and then a lot could be fun. So I said, heck yeah, why not? We'll do three or four of your songs, and you just come out in a certain place, and we'll have a good time. So, okay. We just wanted to know whether or not it was for real. It felt like it could be for real, but we hadn't really stepped out there to see if people really did recognize him. Although the power of television right. is, is, you know, it's awesome, absolutely awesome. And uh, one of the first stages we walked out was Three River Stadium. You know, seventy-five thousand people. You know, I hadn't done it in, Ooh. you know, twelve years, and kind of you start by walking out in front of seventy-five thousand people. <laughs> it was. Awesome, absolutely awesome, and they definitely recognize us. So we thought, you know, after that little tour, which was about two weeks, we came home and said, let's put together our own situation, you know, take, take it on the road, see if it flies. And it's working. <laughs> it has worked great.